0: Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Grave. And I'm Death. And we're going to answer your spooky questions (laughs) today. Oh my goodness. Because this is our... This is our Halloween episode. Yep. (laughs) As of the time this episode goes out, Halloween will be in like two days. Sure. And Halloween is one of my favorite times of the year. So uh, if, if this is your first Halloween joining us... Right. Uh, you should know that I love Halloween and I love doing Halloween related stuff. Right. So, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing spooky.
1: I'm doing fine. <laughs> cool.
0: cool. <laughs> how about yourself? Uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. I've, uh, for the, this entire month, I've been doing um, every day, I've been watching a different horror movie. Yep. And I've been trying to focus on horror movies that I have not seen before. Right. So, I've seen, I mean, we had a, I think we talked about this mm. last episode. I probably, one of the last couple episodes, I probably cut out a whole big long thing about found footage. But, uh, um, I've watched a lot of, a lot of movies I've never seen, a lot of good ones, a lot of bad
1: ones. (laughs) Um, a lot of not so good ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I love doing it and I love, I love Halloween. You got any cool plans for
1: Halloween? Um, well we had a party over the weekend. Uh, -hmm. well we didn't have a party. We went to a party over the weekend. Um, you know, that was, that was fine. Uh, (laughs) it's, uh, well Skylar and I, like, I don't know, we didn't, we really didn't have any costume ideas for a while and we're like we need to figure out something that's just comfortable and easy. Sure. And uh we uh so we we watched this YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a YouTube channel for the um Bon Appétit uh like magazine. Okay. Uh they have like a test kitchen and then they do like a little YouTube th- a channel thing where they have like their chefs go in their test kitchen and you know, try out recipes and stuff like that. Sure. And so, like, there's a there's a couple on there, and like, they're fairly entertaining. Like, they're a charming bunch of people, and like, some of the some of the shows on there, like one of them is Gourmet Makes, where it's, you know, uh, a chef will a pastry chef will go and make gourmet versions of like candies and snacks and stuff oh, like. Oh, I've snack heard food. of that. Yeah, you know, so she'll like make or like try to recreate Oreos yeah. and try to like. uh you know, or like Starburst or something was one where she had struggles with because it was just like the consistency of the taffy and all that. Sure. Anyway, we we like we like the show. We think you know, and like there's a couple of the chefs on there that are that we find pretty charming, and so mm-hmm. like we just put on our aprons and a couple props, <laughs> and we're like. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Brad Leone, and sh- and she was Claire Saffitz from, from, uh, uh, the BA test kitchen or whatever, and oh, like two cool. people recognized <laughs> who we were, and sure. we were like, that's good enough. We at, least, at the very least, we don't look crazy. We just look weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um. So I, I, I haven't really put a lot of time into coming up with the Halloween costume i always wait until the last minute Mm -hmm. and i had an idea for like an easy thing like a fallback position if i couldn't think of anything better sure yeah and i was gonna tell lisa about it last night and i was like uh, hey so lisa i think i came up with with what i want to do for for halloween and then out of nowhere she says you're not gonna be three hole punch gabe are you (laughs) and (laughs) yes oh so three hole punch jim was uh from the office right jim shows up to work in his normal outfit but with like three black circles on his chest so, right like, he's like been three hole punched <laughs> so you're gonna and be
1: three hole punch gabe. if i
0: can't come up with anything better yes i'm <laughs> just gonna must... wear a gabe shirt and put three
1: black circles on my shirt oh uh, she saw right through that costume yeah oh boy <laughs> yes good job sweet um, pun jeff thanks
0: jeff <laughs> Just one more thing about food, right? Uh, what? Because I, I, you were talking about the Bon Appetit thing, oh, or whatever. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Um, I, uh, I want to make because I have, I have I have Halloween off from work. I, I put oh. in a request for Halloween off like months ago, right? And I really want to make some food that day, and I will make some sort of spooky something or other. One thing I definitely do want to make. I found a recipe for it's rice Krispie treats, except it is red velvet rice Krispie treats. We
1: ha- there was some of that at the party, there was some I went of that. To. It was- so.
0: It looks like raw hamburger.
1: Right. They had it in, they had gotten like the little styrofoam. That would, I don't the, even know where you would get those. I, I would assume they just got meat and then washed it really well. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know for sure. But yeah, like, yeah, they had the little styrofoam, like little trays mm-hmm. and saran wrap. <laughs> and like, they even had like a label. Oh, that's know, so thing. good. So like it, it was, but yeah, it was red, yeah. Red velvet mix or something. And then, and rice crispy treats. Yep. And like, yeah, like it just looks like, you know, it just looks like raw beef.
0: Yeah, and, and just imagine if you walked in the room and there was somebody just sitting there mowing down <laughs> <on> some raw <laughs> hamburger
1: and com- 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 Yep.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that uh, I think that'll be fun. Um, anyway, you want to go ahead and uh, get into this episode? I think we have some really fun, really fun stuff sure. for today. Yeah, sounds good. All right. I want you to imagine, Jeff, mm-hmm. that it is, you know, it's it's getting late in the it's it's getting into the the autumn season and you go out with some friends to a local attraction uh-huh. that is a a corn maze. Ooh, okay. You know, it's supposed to be spooky. spooky you might corn get maze. lost and, you know, you go into the corn maze, try to make it to the other side and mm-hmm. whatever. So you go out there, you're with some friends, and uh you get turned around. Oh no. Give me a uh survival check that's a that's a solid 10 okay well that's not good enough <laughs> you. you get turned around Didn't you, think so. you think that you know where you're going but you realize like you just passed by that uh sign or something i don't know some landmark you passed by that a few minutes ago mm-hmm. and then you pass by it again and then you can't even find that sign anymore. You don't know where you are. Oh no. You, know, you can't, it's getting late. You can't hear anybody else. Like maybe everybody left you. You're not sure. Mm. But you're you're wondering about this. You're trying to like look up to see to see if you can uh see anything noteworthy. And because you're not looking down, you trip and fall into a hole. Oh no. The ground no. just opens up underneath you. You fall, you fall, you fall. Ah. Next thing you know, you're lying at the bottom of this. Hit or something but you can see off in the distance there's a, a light source mm. so you you can you get up you're miraculously not uh <laughs> hideously wounded right it was a tv fall yes exactly yeah. exactly you landed on some leaves or something yeah, yeah. and uh, you landed in a cart full of full hay that's right all <laughs> and you come ahead and you come into this gigantic room and you see that there is a giant pile of gold and rubies, Sweet. and there are torches sending flickering lights everywhere, but then you notice the skulls. Oh, no. And then you you feel the wind start to pick up around you, and you see a gigantic skeleton with wings, with l- like s- scraps of leather hanging from them, and the, the skeletal wings are beating, and you recognize Ugh. it immediately as a dracolich. <gasps> and you realize where you just wound up, Jeff.
1: Where, where's,
0: where am I? The Dracolich's
1: Horde. Oh no. Or the Dragon's Horde. (laughs) It's up
0: to you. Choose your own adventure. Yes. Today's magic item was submitted by the DM's council Mm. via email, and the item in question is called the Tricking Staff of Treats. Ooh, Sounds tasty. Yes, yes it does. This is a legendary wondrous item. This mischievous staff can provide spectacular treats as well as diabolical tricks. It seems to be made from the twisted branch of a dark ash tree, with deep ridges in the bark looking like a despised holiday licorice treat. Hmm. On top of the staff is an ominous visage of a carved pumpkin sporting a toothy grin. Hmm. The player can spend one of its five charges to roll on the D100 chart and follow the results. The staff regains all charges after 24 hours. If the same number is rolled and the effect is currently active or ongoing, the charge is wasted. So you can't get the same thing twice. Sure. Uh, While it's going on. At the end of the fall festival season, any ongoing potential effects that are not used end, and the staff goes dormant until the next year. So it is only active during that time sure there's also a note here you may as dm withhold some of the double asterisk information from the players if desired so some of these effects have a uh, a double asterisk effect that uh okay. you might want to keep secret sure and also uh so basically what this item is is it's one of those like d100 things with a whole bunch of of holiday related effects yeah we did one for christmas for effects. christmas yeah, yeah exactly in fact when we got this one i was like did we
1: already do this one but no no no. it's we, we did uh, yeah we did like a winter when it was like the winter wonderland staff or something and like I, that. i
0: even want to say we've done one that was not holiday themed it was just like like rod of some effects or something <laughs> I don't know, uh, but then uh, so so one one additional thing though is that some of these give a specific condition. Okay, like they they have a some of some of the effects have a special condition that is unique to this item, and that condition is called Sweet Shock. Ooh, this common condition relegated to mostly children gives a quick burst of energy where the senses are heightened for a brief time. What follows next is an equally long recovery period. During this time, the afflicted target gains 1d2 rounds under the following effects. So while you are under the effects of Sweet Shock, your speed is doubled. You have advantage on dexterity saves. Each round, you take 1d4 psychic damage because of the sugar rush. If the target is currently concentrating on a spell, each round you must make a DC 14 spellcasting modifier save to maintain it. When the effect ends, the target can't move or take actions until after its next turn as a wave of lethargy sweeps over it. If this is the third time the target has been afflicted in a four hour period, hmm. then the target does not gain the effects of drinking a health potion or a long rest for the next 24 hours. Ugh. And these afflictions do not stack with the currently sweet shocked targets. If the target is already under the condition, then it must wear off to be affected again.
1: <laughs> so you can get like a sugar hangover. Pretty
0: much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so um, we're not going to read all of these because there are a hundred and uh, there, some of them are kind of long, Right. but uh, you know, it's a whole bunch of. Of uh, various, uh, you know, spooky effects, and some <laughs> of them are, are pretty cool.
1: Yeah. All right. So yeah, like there's there's a there's a couple I want to I want to point out, but for right now, let's uh, let's just try rolling it out and see what we get. Sure. All right. Uh, number thirty-two. Thirty-two. Let's see, number thirty-two is toe of frog. For the next twenty-four hours, you gain the effects of the jump spell, and you also get a frog-like tongue attack. Uh, 10 foot reach with 1d6 plus 2 attack 1d6 plus 2 damage I guess plus 2 damage I I guess I mean I guess you could fit that to your strength or something well I don't know it's an unusual thing Uh, any tiny creature hit by this can be restrained or swallowed so you can eat tiny creatures (laughs) with it oh I love it
0: All right, and I just got a 19 Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, no. For the next 24 hours, every undead you encounter has double the HP. Their AC, attack bonus, and damage all increase by two. Oh, dang. That's, that's awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe, I'm, like, I'm trying to think, well, I guess it might be a good, like, maybe a good thing if you, like, you upped, like, the CR of it or something like that to so maybe get more maybe experience the, from it. Yeah, so the harder challenge, but also harder, or yeah. also better uh, benefits. Maybe. I got, up to the DM, obviously. Sure. Uh, Just imagine if you had the bag of beans and you were <laughs> encountering a mummy lord. Mummy lord that had double the HP. <laughs> yep. Oh, my goodness. No. No, I don't want to imagine that game. <laughs> All right, let's give it, let's try another roll. Uh, 94. 94. All right. All the way down there. Candy Coliseum. Uh, all creatures attacks, melee range, damaging spell. Within 60 feet of the staff, inflict the sweet shock condition for one minute. All right. There you so, go. So there's that sweet shock. So now all creatures within 60 feet of the staff just have that attached to their all of their damaging abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah okay so yeah like you you can get you can get that sugar uh hangover real quick <laughs> right whether you want it or not right
0: all right and i got 94 which that's, is that's the same one <laughs> well, <can't laughs> have it. i thought i was like whoops my dice tower is is rebelling today that was a so 35 sure <laughs> which is the last one we did no uh duty bound dead you said you, duty But go on. Thank you, Jeff. Duty Bound Dead. You cast the Revivify spell within a range of 60 feet, and the target recovers their max hit point total if they fell in service to a king, lord, or other authority figure. The effect of this spell can be saved unused for 24 hours until at an appropriate time. What? Wait. Which is interesting. Basically, you gain the ability to, like, cast Super Revivify on someone. Yeah. But you don't have to use it immediately
1: because you know that's only useful if someone has just died and the target recovers the max hit point total if they fell in service oh i see i see I so see. If, if they are
0: defending a king or a ruler of some sort
1: oh okay okay so yeah you can use revivify but if they happen to be falling in the service they they they're they're also brought immediately to full hit yeah. points okay yeah. and you,
0: you don't have to use it immediately because you can't really predict that's gonna happen right but you could yeah save it up in case
1: okay so yeah 60 foot river yeah that's pretty cool yeah um were there any specific ones you wanted um, to talk about all right so uh one that i liked was uh number 38 pump uh, pop-up pumpkin patch a little tongue twister a fully tilled uh, pumpkin patch measuring 30 feet by 30 feet appears within with uh 1d12 plus three pumpkins so i I just always like pumpkins as a kid. Yeah, pumpkins even, are great. Even like even on you know the off season, I just liked pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Um, these can be used as half cover, uh, so they're fairly large pumpkins. Okay, yeah. Um, or they can be thrown as a ranged weapon. Uh, each pumpkin <laughs> takes an action to pick up and toss. The range is thirty feet. Deals two d six plus two bludgeoning damage. Target hit with the pumpkin must make a DC thirteen Strength check or be knocked prone from the impact because they're pretty big pumpkins. Those are great pumpkins. Uh, Alternatively, these pumpkins can be harvested and cooked to feed up to four creatures per pumpkin. So that's it's like that's pretty good. So they're just they're just pumpkins. You can still eat them and stuff. Yeah. But like I like the idea. It's like you, you summon a pumpkin patch, and then you have like a pumpkin patch like throwing fight. <laughs> sure, you know, it just,
0: sure. I'll... It just adds yeah. a
1: whole another you know a whole thing to the fight. Yeah. No, I really
0: like that. Um, and one that I liked was number 40 monster mash. No. All humanoid creatures within one mile of the staff look like monsters. A DC 13 investigation check can see
1: through the illusion. Nice. So, <laughs> so yeah, everybody gets a cash.
0: yeah, so there, there's a whole lot of these. We're not gonna you know we don't right. don't really have time to read all of them, but uh, but you know you can you can find the link to this on our uh, on our blog. We have a page for all of the Dragon sword items you can check on there. Mm-hmm. also on our subreddit there's a link on there too. So go and check those out. Go and just read some of these. They're, they're so great. I love Halloween themed stuff.
1: And these are all, yeah, all very much. I mean, like that plenty of these effects and stuff like are, you know, they're neat by themselves. So you can always just kind of like throw that in somewhere in your adventure or something. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to throw the staff in there, but you can, uh, there's tons, tons of ideas here. Sure. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so that was the tricking staff of treats
0: submitted by the DMS council. So thank you much, uh, Mr. Mr. Council, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, Jeff, if anybody wanted to submit magic, item, magic items of their own to be like uh, the DM's council here, mm-hmm. uh, or if they wanted to submit questions for us to discuss or stories for the funeral pyre, how would they get those to us?
1: They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at com, or they can join us on our Interparty Discord at bit.ly slash interparty discord. That's correct. And before we
0: go any further, we have... A spooky giveaway. Oh giveaway Oh, We do today. have a spooky giveaway. We do, we do. So as usual, but especially <laughs> because it's Halloween, right? We're giving away a copy of Chapel on the Cliffs, courtesy of Goblin Stone, which is a
1: spooky
0: adventure. Yeah. Uh involving some a chapel and some cliffs. Yeah, a
1: chapel and some cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's 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 spooky bing bongs to be had. Yeah. So a few days ago I ran uh, our library game. Mm-hmm. Uh, our game at the
0: library and i was trying to have it be halloween themed because you know it's it's october right and i did have the the it was a very short session of course but i did have the climax be in a chapel on some cliffs <laughs> and uh steve was playing with us and he he is not super familiar with that adventure but he like heard me reference that there was a chapel and they're up on some cliffs and and uh <laughs> he i don't know he 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 was, he was very curious as to whether I was, I was using content from that. No, right. Mean, a chapel on some cliffs is a, a fairly common thing. Sure, sure. But, uh, you know, an but, homage or something. Yeah. Not I, I actually considered possibly trying to do chapel, some of chapel on the cliffs for that, but because it, we only have an hour and yeah. it's, you know, we'll be spreading it, spreading it out over multiple months just to get through one adventure. Yeah. I did not.
1: Right. Yeah, like, I feel like there would, there are definitely ways to streamline it if you want to just kind of like. Kind of go from like A B to C, you know, A to B to C. You, sure. could, you can probably streamline it for you can f- you you can find a way. Okay. Um uh, well anyway, so we're giving away a copy of Chapel on the Cliffs here.
0: And uh Jeff, who is our winner this week? Our winner is Stacy. Whoa, 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 winner. winner.
1: Gobble gobble gobble.
0: Yes no last initial. Yes, congratulations, <laughs> Stacy. Uh, yeah, like like Jeff said, no, just just Stacy, just Stacy is, uh, is the name we got. So, Stacy, you should be getting that uh, in your email pretty soon. If you don't, be sure to let us know. Give them uh, maybe a week or so, just just to be safe, to make sure they can uh, they can get it to you. And if if after that you don't have it, let me know, and we'll make sure it. Uh, Make sure it gets all in order. Yeah. And if anybody wanted to enter this drawing, Jeff, if they would like to join Stacy in the winner's circle and get a copy, a free copy of this great adventure,
1: uh-huh. how would they do so? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the subject line, you want to put chapel on the cliffs. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> All right.
0: right. Yes. So congratulations, Stacey. Thank you, Goblin Stone, for uh, giving those out to our our uh, wonderful listeners. And uh, Stacy, just be sure to leave them a review. Let them know what you think of the adventure, and then they can use that information to uh, help make better future products. Yep. And then uh, I do want to um, thank all of our wonderful patrons. Now, a few days ago, I, we actually meant to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but I forgot to. Mm. A few days ago, we just recorded and released our bonus episode for this month all right yeah i think it was a ton of fun (laughs) so we didn't do a normal bonus episode what we did for this one i got uh jeff here and Uh then skyler and our friend peter who helped out with uh one or more of the arcade streams that we did and we played through a game of the terrible rpg Mm -hmm. a
1: spooky (laughs) game of the terrible
0: rpg and uh so we recorded it and put it out as a bonus episode. So, if you would like to hear us play through, it's, it's about two and a half hours. I meant for it to be one hour, right? It went very <laughs> over over schedule, as yeah. it tends to.
1: I feel like uh, we we tend to metagame too much and yeah. try to like. <sighs> As people who like play tabletop games are always trying to like you know think ahead of the DM or something like that, sure. so like I I feel like we were we weren't going along with your shenanigans, nah. so we kind of sidetracked things a little bit. No, nah, it's fine. But you know, it's still made for a fun uh, for a fun adventure.
0: Yeah, I think it think it turned out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also we recorded character creation for that. I haven't as of this recording, I haven't put it out yet. Sure. I, but I'm um we were I was kind of planning on putting it on the Patreon, but. As something that anybody can see. You don't wouldn't have to be a patron to listen to it. Mm. So I think I will do that. If I haven't done that by the time this episode goes out, I'll cut this part out. But okay. I, think, I think I'll try to get it out, maybe even tonight. So if you are interested in hearing what a little bit of that session was like, you can go to our Patreon. Even if you're not a patron, you can still listen to. It'll probably be like 30 minutes or so, and most of it is probably just going to be us. It's probably not going to be very cohesive, but there will be at least some explanation of characters sure. and mechanics yeah, and so on. Yeah. And a so little on. introduction of the characters. So hopefully I can make it enjoyable to listen to. But uh yeah, if, if you if you are hearing this then that means I put it up. So so go check that out patreoncom conflict. Cuz I didn't even get to what our patreon is. Patreon's an online platform that you can pledge uh to donate a certain amount of money per month to the creator of your choice. If you pledge with us, you can get outtakes mm-hmm. every few weeks. Yep. Uh I've got Fantasy fiction that I wrote. It's all still up there. You can still go and read it. And then I'm I'm now going through and I'm making audio versions of uh, of some of them. Maybe not all of them. We'll, all right. We'll yeah. see. Uh, and then I also we've got those bonus episodes. Like of course. we just put out one of those. Yep. And we've also got a monthly Roll Twenty game mm-hmm. that I'm hoping to uh, to finish next time. I'm hoping to finish the um, Lamplight Sanitarium. Oh right. Yeah. In yeah. November. So cool. So yeah. Um, come check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Interparty Conflict. You can uh, check out the rewards if you like how they look. You can maybe think about donating to us, help make the show better. And even if you don't want to donate, there will most likely be something about this uh, this bonus episode that you can listen to. Sure. So so go check that out. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. You guys are awesome. Then there's one more quick little thing before we get into the topic for this week. Uh, go check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Check out Crit Academy at critacademy.com. Justin, Ian, and Brandon create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They are an actual play podcast. They started a new arc a, f- a couple months ago, and they just did, I think, a one-shot for Halloween. Oh, if cool. I haven't listened to it yet, so huh. I don't, I'm actually not 100% sure it's Halloween. Yeah, theme, but i think check that is. out. And then uh, also, D&D Character Lab, they're not making any more episodes, but their old episodes are still there. So go check them out. We actually were on an episode of theirs for Halloween last year. That's right. Some of that might... Come up, in yeah. this episode. So right, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, check out all those other podcasts. Let's get on to the main, the meat of the, the bloody meat of this episode, <laughs> the, the the slippery
1: meat of this episode, <laughs> the rice crispy treat <laughs> with sure. velvet mix of yeah. this episode. I was trying to make it worse. You made it better. Yeah, it was delicious. Um, so our uh, question for today comes from StiltskinKupo84 on uh, Discord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How would you recreate some of the great horror icons in D&D? Yeah. So
0: in previous years, we've talked about um, whether it's possible to run a, a, a scary game of D&D. Right. If you are going to try to run a horror themed game, what are some considerations and so on and so on? I was trying, I was actually trying to think of what we should do for Halloween this year because, mm-hmm. you know, I, we've, I think we've done some pretty good Halloween based content in the past. Sure. And I actually had an idea similar to this, but I, you know, I prefer to keep our episodes. Question based, right? Everything. Yeah, and luckily, Stilton Kubo eighty four came through in the, in a pinch with uh, with this question because this I think this is a great topic, and I had a lot of fun doing this. So, <laughs> so basically, it... what we're going to do is we have we have created um, various horror icons, some you know mostly movie stuff,
1: right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, created some of those as monsters or PCs yeah. in D anD. d Now, uh, in in trying to come up with some, I found out that. I, I reminded myself that I don't watch or do much horror anything. I am shaking my head disapprovingly. <laughs> at I, I appreciate the art. I like it actually. Yeah. Like I like, like I'm not, you know, I'm not huge on gore and like I, I get startled easily and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm not big on, uh, I'm not like huge on like, um you know, horror stuff, but like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the aesthetics For the most part, you know, like I get I get there's an art to it and like I can appreciate like the history of horror films and stuff like that. And like go, you know, all like the low budget stuff. Like we we watched a bunch of like of the, uh, you know, bad horror and a bad horror movie night we used to do. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I I have I've always loved horror movies and my wife and I used to have a bad horror movie night every week.
1: Yeah, it was like, "Yeah, maybe it we do it every week.
0: How did I have so much time?" Jeff? <laughs> I was working two jobs at the time. Right, I maybe it was <clears throat> I think it was every week. I think it was like every Monday or something.
1: Yeah, might have been. Yeah. Oh you know. boy. But, anyway, uh, um so like there's very few, you know, iconic ones that I can think of. And even the ones I can, like I could not I was like I had to like try and Wikipedia a bunch of them just sure, to get sure. an understanding. And even then I was like, "I don't know. Like I can't get a, you know, a read of like, you know, like what are jason's powers you know because they oh i can you know, tell you what
0: jason's powers yeah. are. i
1: know you can't <laughs> um so so i you know i have one that that i'm that i made for the uh um dd character lab for D character lab yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of that one the way it turned oh, yeah, out
0: yeah that, that was amazing
1: and that was that was all you <laughs> so so you know i'll i'll take head on that one but why don't you go ahead and start out down your list
0: yeah so i've got a whole bunch of these some of them i i have so i I haven't really come up with like a stat block for most of these. I started with a base monster Mm -hmm. and then I have I've noted what abilities you add or subtract from it. Right. Um, And uh, for for I think some of these I've put more work into than others. That may be clear, but I will uh, when necessary. I if you would like Jeff, I can tell you what some of these creatures abilities are and why I am giving them sure. what they have. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where they go. So the very first one I started with was Jason Voorhees. Okay. So, yeah. He's, so, he's from the, the Friday, guy with the hockey mask. Guy with the hockey mask. Although, a little bit of a lesson here. Uh, Jason was not the villain. There were two two Friday the 13th movies that Jason was not the villain in. And he didn't actually have the mask until the third movie. Sure.
1: But it's it's the, the iconic the, visual. Uh, yeah, the icon- yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And also, I think I mentioned this on an episode. Maybe I didn't. But anyway. Anyway. Um, also, Jason Voorhees, a lot of people think of him as being like immortal or whatever. There was nothing explicitly supernatural about him until the sixth movie. For the first three times that he was, three or four times he was on there, uh, he he was just really hard to get. Like he, he had an, an inexplicable knack for people thinking he was dead. Right. Yeah. That's that's because like at the end thing. of every movie, like they think, oh yeah, in one movie he even gets taken to a morgue. And then the next movie, he just gets back up. But he is not explicitly, he is still flesh and blood. Sure. He still bleeds when you cut him until, spoilers, the sixth movie where he has been canonically killed. In the sixth movie, he is brought back by lightning. (laughs) And after that point, he is like, without question, he is a a walking corpse. Okay. Uh, And there are like deliberate changes between how he acted in previous movies and how he acts in movies after that. Sure. So there there was definitely a, a change. So anyway, start with a troll. And okay. I'll sure. even say for a lot of these, a lot of these are not going to be super high level monsters because mm. I don't think in horror movies, if you're if you have class levels you're not a character in a horror movie. Right. You're, yeah. The, the people who have no clue what they're doing are the ones that are in horror movies. And right. And they get killed.
1: A lot of horror movies involve some, like, unstoppable monster, but it's unstoppable because you're dealing with camp counselors or something. Exactly. But then, like, the National Guard shows up, and, and now it's trivial.
0: Well, and... Sorry, some more Friday the 13th spoilers. <laughs> the ninth movie starts out with the National Guard or or... A SWAT team basically has lured Jason into a trap and they blow him up with a rocket launcher <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. Right. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so start off with a troll. Mm-hmm. I was a little hesitant to use a troll because trolls are large sized. But what the heck? And some of the movies, Jason's pretty big.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're always you know. like very imposing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, I would remove his claws and bite. I don't really have claws or a bite. Add in a weapon of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, give him the extra attack ability, however, so he can attack twice. I, my main thing is I would give him proficiency in all improvised weapons. Although Jason, everybody thinks of Jason as using a machete. He only really uses a machete if in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses pretty much whatever is on hand. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also gave him advantage on grapple attempts. Okay. Advantage on, cause he grabs people a lot. Advantage on stealth and perception checks cause nobody sees him coming. <laughs> he always knows where people are. Right. You know. That's kind of a common thing in horror movies.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I gave him weakness to psychic and radiant damage. Okay. Now, in the first few movies, I don't really think he has a weakness. Once he is explicitly a walking corpse, I would say he counts as undead. I would give him weakness to radiant damage. Yeah. Also, one of the Friday the 13th movies has one of the protagonists is basically Carrie from the movie Carrie. Okay. And so she has psychic powers and the way she ends up beating him is basically like just psychic blasting him. And then, uh-huh. uh, but then, so weakness to psychic and radiant damage. I gave him resistance to lightning and also bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Okay. And then his regeneration is a little bit different. So it's no longer paused by fire and acid. The way that the way that trolls work. For anybody not familiar with how trolls work in fifth edition specifically, mm-hmm. they have regeneration, which means every round they get back ten hit points. Okay. But also, if you reduce them to zero, the next round they just get back up with. One hit point, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Um, unless they have been hit with acid or fire in the previous round. So, like, if you have if you have paused their regeneration, so if you hit them with fire or acid, their regeneration doesn't work for a round. Right. If it is paused and you bring them to zero, then... They die. They die. The way that I have it work for him is it's not fire and acid. Instead, psychic damage will, like, halt his his regeneration. Also, if he is submerged in water because the the, the backstory <laughs> of Jason Voorhees is very convoluted. When he was a little boy, he quote-unquote died by drowning, despite the fact that in the following movie, you find out he didn't actually die. Whatever. Anyway, but his weakness kind of seems to be if you can get him in the water, you can at least trap him. Sure. There. So anyway, you either psychic damage or submerge him in water will uh-huh. sort of halt his regeneration. However... Anytime Jason takes lightning damage, his regeneration doubles for one round. And during that time, nothing pauses it. Okay. Because several times he is trapped underwater and then something electric hits him. And then he, he, he comes back, back he up. comes back. Okay. I've actually got a fan theory that Jason is a robot more <laughs> like okay. a naturally occurring robot because he seems to be powered by lightning. Sure. In, in, in later <laughs> movies. Anyway, so that's what I got for Jason Voorhees, a troll, but, uh, so like troll for the regeneration, but give him weapons and then change up his his mm-hmm. weaknesses and such. Um, do you want me to keep going, and or do you, you want to? No, yeah, go. Okay, keep going. Next one I've got is another iconic one, Freddy Krueger. Okay, Freddy Krueger was kind of a hard one because he yeah. kind of has whatever abilities the movie needs him
1: to have. Well, because is he's like he like lives in a night, like he lives in your nightmares or something. Yeah, like Yeah, when so, you're like, asleep, you can go
0: off of your dreams or whatever. Right. So probably the the. Most obvious thing is to give him the uh, the dream spell, which basically does kind of that. You cast it on someone that is asleep, and then, like, you essentially pull them into a dream world where you can manipulate stuff, and you can damage them whenever you want to, and so on and so on. But as for the base creature, mm-hmm. I kind of like what I came up with this. I came up with the base creature is the Mind flare. Okay. Reskin a Mind flare so that it's not that it has, like, a bunch of tentacles that it, like... Latches onto you with right. He's got uh, clawed glove. Yeah, he's Kruger hands exactly. And <laughs> then instead of extract brain, because the way that mind flayers work is they they can grapple you with their tentacles, and yeah. then if you are grappled, they can do this attack that does a ton of damage to you. Instead, I'm repl- I'm reskinning that as basically a dream related finisher. Because when you counter Freddy Krueger, generally what happens is he stalks you for a while, he catches up with you, he hits you once with some ironic dream thing. Like okay. if you're a drug addict, he turns his claws into needles. syringes. Yeah. If you are uh, a disabled kid in a wheelchair, he will do something to like turn your wheelchair into like a death trap or whatever. Sure. Um so his his extract brain is a dream related finisher is kind of what I did with that. Um, I removed the mind blast ability and replaced it with dream at will, okay. which is a fifth level spell. I also I also added in the ability to if you want to bring in multiple people into the dream mm-hmm. i'm actually having trouble remembering whether freddy ever does that intentionally or if that is caused by one of the characters i don't remember sure. i think i think he can i think he can pull multiple people into the dream
1: mm.
0: um he can uh because mind flayers have psionic powers i added uh, alter self as one of his psionic powers so he can sure. make himself look like other things uh and he has a weakness to fire Okay, because you know Freddy Krue- he, the whole Freddy Krueger thing is that he was killed by a group of parents who tossed him in a furnace. Oh, sure. And then he, in the first couple of movies, at least, he is punishing those
1: parents' children. Gotcha. Okay, and so. Then, yeah, so yeah, because Freddy Krueger is like his skin's all burned up or whatever. Yeah, yeah Okay. His, yeah. Next up is one that
0: uh, we had before recording, you actually mentioned wanting to do this one, but you you weren't sure if you had seen the whole movie, right? And that is The Thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I I don't quite understand the mechanics of the thing i understand what it is but well maybe i think i think i did a pretty good i'm pretty proud of this one. okay so i started with the base
0: creature of the gibbering mouther mm-hmm. gibbering mouther for anybody who knows is basically like this uh this like amorphous blob that is constantly creating like mouths with gnashing teeth and they're constantly making this like gibbering noise that yeah uh, drives people crazy mm-hmm uh, the thing doesn't necessarily drive people crazy, but I mean it does all that other stuff too. <laughs> now I gave it regeneration as as a troll would, so I, it's uh, it is also affected by fire and acid the same way a troll would be. Right,
1: guy that is a that is a thing and that is a thing so, in the thing is yeah so fire kills it or whatever fire
0: does kill it the, the whole if you have not seen the thing you should watch the thing and I'm glaring at Jeff as I tell <laughs> our listeners to watch the thing there was a remake not too long ago right yeah it's a remake slash prequel because in the oh, movie right. the thing yeah. they encounter this monster it's in the in the the Arctic Antarctic Antarctic I think. they encounter this monster that in in the like 80s movie they find out that it previously destroyed this other base this other arctic base antarctic base and in the remake that it is taking place in that other base so gotcha. in theory that movie happens and then the thing goes sure. to where uh the original happens i was about to say kurt russell i was about to say russell crow but it's not russell crow <laughs> um so it has regeneration mm-hmm. it can polymorph it can use the polymorph ability on itself at will, not on other people, on itself. Right. With no limit as to the creature type. Because polymorph, the base polymorph spell is just beasts, I think. Huh. This one has no limit to the creature type. However, has a requirement it must have either dealt melee damage to the creature it wants to turn into. Or must have spent one round in contact with the creature that it wants to turn into. Sure. So it can, if it has touched you... If it has has spent time in contact with you or wounded you, Mm -hmm. it has some of your DNA and can turn into you. Right. Also, it has the split ability, which certain oozes have, such as the black pudding, the ochre jelly. Mm -hmm. Well, so so normally it's whenever it takes like slashing damage. With this one instead, I have it be whenever it reaches half of its maximum hit points, whenever you deal damage to it. Sure. It splits in two. And then each of those. Um, each of those origi- original ones, because it has regeneration, can then become full-fledged creatures in their own right, sure. and then split and so on. I also said it can choose to split; however, it takes ten minutes to do so. I okay. figured giving it some sort of a, you know, some sort of a, a time limit right. that it has to to follow. So in the movie The Thing, the thing is this creature that I think on a cellular level is this like constantly reproducing and assimilating creature. So, like, technically, if it if it wounds you, it will turn you into it, is really what it does. That's kind of hard to do in d and I, I didn't really feel like adding in a bunch of saves and stuff. Sure, I, I think yeah. what I did okay. pretty adequately okay.
1: mimics what it does. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cause yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Was it taking over people's bodies, or was it becoming them? And, I mean, or it's, or a, like, it's a little boat. Was it, like, eating them and then replacing them, or was it? Turning them into it, or was it just turning into it? You know them. I don't. Know. I think
0: technically it is turning them into it. Uh huh. But I don't know. I guess if this was gonna be like a D and D game, I think I think it'd be a little easier to do it. Sure. Or it it can just make
1: copies of itself.
0: You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Like so. you know, just
1: divi- cell division. Yeah. Thing.
0: Um, another monster that I have is Pennywise the clown. Right from It. Yes. I actually just saw It chapter two. Yeah. How I was it? It was very good. Cool. Um, I. Was kind of disappointed with the first chapter for some reason. I mean, they changed some stuff from the book. Yeah, but uh, um, I had only heard that the second one was disappointing. I loved it. I thought it was it was great. I thought sure. it was it was very very good.
1: Well, see, I think that yeah, I think that makes sense because like you had an expectation. Like it would like the first one was well received. Yeah, because I mean like people who are watching it now probably haven't seen the original. Sure. Probably haven't even read the book. They just went and saw it, so they enjoyed it. Yeah. And so you had an expectation for it, so that, but when the sequel came out, people had an expectation for it based on the first one, mm-hmm. and the second chapter. It, 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 anyway. yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's it, it's a never mind. <laughs> um,
0: now it's for anybody who is is familiar with with uh, Pennywise from It. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to say what powers he would or would not have. But right. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with what I with what I made. So I started with the doppelganger creature doppelganger monster right because they can change uh their they can use ultra self Mm. on themselves but also because they can read people's minds yeah i think that's a pretty important thing for pennywise to have also but that's not all he has he also has the shape change ability which is a ninth level spell okay at will so like a very very powerful he's a not very powerful monster with an incredibly powerful ability he can turn into basically any monster whenever he wants yeah however an opponent can attempt a charisma check dc 20 to force pennywise into a specific form okay uh when that when that if they succeed he pennywise must then use his action on his next turn to transform into that creature sure uh, and then i don't think i put it i I can't. I was. I was thinking about having a minimum amount of time he must spend in that form, mm. but I didn't write it down. So I don't know because I guess spoil, spoilers for it. Chapter two. Part of the overcoming the challenge is the kids forcing their or the the main characters forcing their wills upon Pennywise to make him weaker. Sure. So that's kind of kind of where I was going with that. Not very complicated right but i mean to actually try and figure out all the stuff pennywise could do would be very complicated mm-hmm. i think for being simple i think this is a pretty accurate yeah. way to do it
1: yeah that's like it's yeah there's a powerful mechanic there where you could just turn into anything but there's you know like the stats of a doppelganger aren't that complicated yeah so yeah no i like that that's good yeah i like i like, I like that idea of like maybe it's like whenever they cat whenever he casts change shape like you can use your reaction to make a dc to oh maybe something like you know oh yeah maybe that could be it i don't know that's like it just i don't know because well because with shape change is it kind of like polymorph at least in fifth edition where like you just gain the hit points i think so so like it is regenerative in a way um, so I mean, like that'd be a way to kind of like stop the regeneration kind of thing, because it's like if you could just sh- oh, change yeah. shape, you could just change shape into the same thing over and over and get more hit points. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, so like yeah. maybe like make it a oh you can make a reaction to try to have them change into something with less hit points, basically. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like making that a uh, a reaction. Um I've still got a few more but uh, do you want
1: to talk about yours? Um yeah, we could uh, we could bring up Winifred uh, Winifred Sanderson yep. from the uh, from Hocus Pocus. Yes. So uh, w- when we guested on D&D Character Lab for their Halloween episode, we were trying to come up with ideas for a character to bring in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought I brought this up to Skylar and she was like, "Well, why don't you just do Hocus Pocus?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my God, why don't we just do hocus pocus?" Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like, all right, we can we can make all you know instead of making all three of the Sanderson sisters or whatever. I was like, okay, because well, we're only making one character, kind of try to put them all into one, basically. Yeah. And uh, so I, I made this as a as a care as a like as a player character, mm-hmm. uh, well, a potential player character. But I mean, like, you could still use the stat block as a oh yeah NPC or whatever. Absolutely. Um, uh, I think we we had her at level twelve. I think so so it was half uh half bar a glamour uh school bard mm-hmm. or college of glamour Col- college yeah. of glamour bard and a uh, necromancer wizard yeah because in you know in the movies she brings her ex-boyfriend back from the dead uh-huh. to chase after the kids she has a book with all of her spells in it books up with all of her spells in it um and then like you know they're they use like their you know they're singing and and such to kind of you know uh uh they, sp- they put a spell on you. They put a spell. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like she uses her singing to basically like, you know, put a like a charm or something on all like all the adults in the neighborhood mm-hmm. so that they would, you know, stay at their party or whatever. An enthralling performance, you might say. Exactly. So, yeah, from the from the glamour school, they you got your enthralling performance and like it's like you can cast command as a bonus action for a minute, mm-hmm. you know. Um, You know, raising an army of the dead and things like that. So, like, I don't know what, you know, so basically she's just a human with, I think, inspiring leader feats. So she can give, like, temporary hit points to all of her, you know, her uh, thralls and such. Um I think she had a wooden spoon yeah yes yeah, so as a melee weapon right just because like i think she had I, I like she had negative to her strength because you know she's she's focused on other things so yeah. like had like a you know like a, her club but it was a spoon to stir her potion of of youth or whatever <laughs> right uh and i think like there's like the minor magic items in uh xanathar's okay uh which is just like a bunch of little things like you know like oh uh i think it's a like glamour armor where it's basically just armor that never gets dirty or something oh the sure little sure. things like that and one of them is like your magic or your spell book is indestructible mm-hmm. and i mean uh, yeah i do remember that one one of the things in the in the in the movie is like they're like oh why don't we just you know we have her her spell book why don't we just destroy it so she can't cast her spells and it's like nah, it's protected by magic you can't do anything yeah it. um you know, plus I, I just like the idea, like putting a little bit more emphasis on the book because it was like a big part of the movie. Sure, it's like it's, it's like it, the the book was given to her by the devil himself. Yeah, which made me think I should maybe make her. I tried making her a warlock. Yeah, but I but I, th- I think mechanics wise that doesn't quite uh, doesn't quite work as well. Right. Yeah. So I think so. I um, I was really proud with the way it turned out with the yeah the the half bard half half wizard. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, that was a very fun episode, right? Like, yeah, go, go listen to that. Yeah,
1: if you want to, if you want to hear about her more in more detail, you mm-hmm. can you can go check that out. Um, one because I lost the notebook I had her, I wrote <laughs> written her down in. Yeah, I I must have done the same thing because before you came up with that, because that was that
0: was a great idea mm-hmm. for that episode. Um, I had come up with a couple ideas for other um other horror movie characters mm-hmm. that. I also made, I statted out as PCs and I couldn't find those notes either. I wanted to bring both those in. So I, I, I did kind of give, I wrote down like a brief idea of what each of them was uh, for this, but I I couldn't find those notes either. Yeah.
1: Like I swear I found the notebook, but it wasn't in there. So I might've torn the pages out of no, put no, it in that safety deposit box. Oh, sure. <laughs> in case we ever need to do that again. You know, maybe I had it in a, a different notebook than now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway. Anyway. So, so yeah, go ahead and check out that episode of uh mm-hmm. DD Character Lab. I'll put it in the show notes, but if
0: you if you're already on our blog, we do I do have a page now of other podcasts that I or both of us have been on. Sure. Cool. So, um, so I'll I'll actually briefly talk about the the two other characters that I made as PCs. Right. I do have a couple more monsters, but uh one of them, uh, when we first had we invited to be on character a uh, d character lab. They said that it was going to be the Halloween episode, mm. and they, um, I immediately started thinking, okay, what if I did Michael Myers mm-hmm. as a PC from the Halloween movie? Right. Yep. Very very um, iconic. And I I did. I statted him out almost entirely. I think, um, like I said, I don't have those notes with me, but I realized after spending a bit of time doing this, like it wouldn't really be very fun to, to play as him. And then when you came up with Winifred Sanderson, oh boy, that was perfect. That was. <laughs> Mwah. Yeah, it was Chef's good. Chef's kiss, right there. <laughs> um, but uh, the way that I, I stand out, Michael Myers, because if you're familiar with the Halloween movies, I've really only seen uh, the like the early ones. I haven't seen any of the later ones, so I don't know what happens later on. But he doesn't really do anything supernatural, so I think the 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 easy leap is to say, oh, okay, just make him like a rogue or a fighter or something. But no, 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 I didn't do that. I made him a warlock. I made him a a warlock of the great old one, and I sure. think even when I had started him out, I had his patron be the the silver shamrock, which is actually not anything related to Michael Myers, but it was from the third Halloween movie, which didn't, which Michael Myers was not in. It was like a side story. They planned on taking the series in a different direction, uh huh. And so they had it be this. There's this silver shamrock corporation that is trying to like take over everybody's minds. Okay. Through these like magical halloween masks or something huh so i had him be his patron was the silver shamrock which i imagine as like an eldritch abomination out in space somewhere okay and then i basically just gave him warlock abilities he can pack to the blade so he can always have a knife on him right and summon his knife to him i gave him the invocation that gives him an extra attack i gave him the invocation that lets you use your eldritch blast as a melee attack sure um Made it so he can see in the dark. He can cast haste, invisibility, misty step because he always just you know pops right, up. Yeah, he's moving at normal speed, but he always catches up with you when you're running away. Right. Uh, trained him in intimidate, stealth, and perception. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really have a ton of notes on it, and I didn't really feel like making because it, it wasn't it wasn't fun to begin with. So oh, right. I, I didn't want to remake him as a. Full fledged PC, yeah,
1: because you know, like he's just he's a very straightforward, like horror film, you know, villain, pretty you know? much. It's like, you know, like wears the disguise, doesn't say anything, appears out of nowhere, yeah. you know, is strong and attacks you, and yeah, is silent and hard to kill.
0: In Dead by Daylight, his whole thing is that he stalks you, and then the longer he watches you from afar, the more powerful he gets, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> never played as him. I've had him for quite some time and never actually played as him. <laughs> and then uh, the other PC that I came up with is going to be one that probably fewer people are going to recognize, but there is a movie called trick or treat trick or apostrophe treat. Okay. And it is a, um, uh, it's an anthology movie. It's a bunch of sh- little short stories all taking place on Halloween in this small town. Okay. And one of the characters in that is named Sam. He's never given a name in the movie, but I guess he was like part of like some animated short before the movie came out. He's in the movie mm. and he has kind of a big part where he doesn't have any lines or anything. Basically, he is an embodiment of a Halloween. Like he's an embodiment of Halloween spirit, if there was okay. such a thing as Halloween spirit. Sure. And so Wait, is that not David Pumpkins? Well <laughs> Which... it's arguable whether David Pumpkins is an embodiment of Halloween or the creator of all existence. Right. Yeah. Wait. Is David Pumpkins on your list? He is now.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, so Sam is, it looks like a little kid wearing like a burlap sack on his on his head. Okay. You eventually do see his face and his face is kind of horrifying. But uh, basically this whole thing is that he he's like a, a Halloween curmudgeon. If you don't follow the traditions of Halloween, he will show up and kill you. Oh. Or at least he will punish you until you do follow the, the, sure. the traditions. Eat some candy. And so all of his uh, tactics are using candy as weapons. Okay. He has a lollipop that he takes a bite out of and then, so it's like a sickle. Yeah. And so I used the stats of a sickle and then, so I made him a rogue, I should probably say. Okay, cool. So he stabs people with a lollipop. At one point he has a candy bar that he bites the end off of and there's a razor blade inside of it. <laughs> I have, uh, he could throw pumpkins, but they would use the stats of throwing hammers or those pumpkins from that church uh, sure. guy we talked about. Sure. And then um, he could drop down caltrops, which are just uh, broken hard candies all over the floor. So I think when we were doing the character lab, I came up with a bunch of more examples, but I couldn't find those notes. Okay, so just kind of pick a weapon and then figure out how could this be a right, Halloween yeah. candy.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> just yeah, pick up a piece of candy, figure out if like if I bite it this way, does it look like a weapon? Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Or like yeah. uh, I don't know, you could poison people with yeah, yeah stuff. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, so cool. those, those are the PCs that I came up with. I do have uh, a couple more. Monsters, you want me to do those? Yeah, go for it. This next one is pretty straightforward. Chucky from the Child's Play and or Chucky movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started off with the animated armor monster. Sure. Oh, yeah, because he's a construct. Yeah, he's a construct. Okay. Uh, It's very simple. I just made it small. Yeah. Uh, Gave him advantage on stealth. And I increased his uh intelligence, wisdom, and charisma to whatever a PC would have, so like maybe around maybe around sixteen or so. Sure, yeah. Because in the Chucky movies, he is a he was a serial killer who put his soul into a doll. Yeah. And then I also uh have a little ability after being destroyed, a unique ritual can be performed on the remaining body parts to restore it to full HP. Mm. But at after that point he has disadvantage on disguise checks because he doesn't look like a normal doll anymore. He looks like a destroyed doll that was sewn back together. Sure, yeah. So that that's it. you know, that's that's all I had to do for Chucky. It's pretty pretty straightforward. <laughs> the next one is a little more abstract, but I I think was kind of cool. And that is Samara or Sadako, the uh ghost girl from The Ring or the Japanese version Ringu. So, I wasn't really sure what Bakes creature to go with for this one, mm-hmm. kind of just pick whatever you want. I really just had a couple abilities that I think made sense. Okay. So probably the most uh the most significant one is are you familiar with the spell? I always pronounced it Gaius, but I believe it is technically pronounced Gesh. Gesh. G E A S is the spell. Okay. It's a spell where you place the spell on somebody, if they fail their save, you give them a task. They have to complete that task within a certain amount of time or they start taking damage. Okay. And so, the one that I did for this was, it is a uh, a modified Gesh spell cast automatically on anybody who watches the cursed VHS tape. (laughs) If you watch the cursed VHS tape, you then have to, the Gesh is to show the tape to someone else within seven days. Mm -hmm. If you do not, it immediately summons Samara, or Sadako, who uses the tv stride spell okay <laughs> which is very similar to the tree tree stride spell okay but they teleport in through a television screen uh-huh <laughs> at which point they have the phantasmal killer spell <laughs> so they kill they kill people uh-huh by using their fear against them or sure
1: sure okay that's, and that's it Well, because like i had thought about the the girl from the ring and i was like okay but how do we how do we make the the you know the the watching a video thing in D and D terms? That's, that's 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 what it is it's a cursed item that casts this gas spell on you, <laughs> right? Um, you know it's like a like a like you like a scroll that you if you read it in full, you know. It,
0: <laughs> no, no, you just come across a TV a TV with a built-in VHS, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> like in yeah, just in any D and D adventure, of course. Yeah, so you're like oh yeah here okay you guys. Uh, you know, you beat the uh, chapel on the cliffs adventure and uh, you notice in the corner of the chapel, there's actually a, a box. There's a weird with box with glowing lights coming. From yeah, it's a, it looks like it's got a window, but it. <laughs> yeah, right. OK. Yeah, um, <laughs> it could be it could be like a cursed crystal ball or something.
0: OK. You look into
1: sure. it, oh, like a magic mirror. Sure, of course. Sure. of course. Yeah, that's that, duh. That's simple. Yeah. I like it being a TV, personally. <laughs> a magic mirror with a VHS slot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um,
0: and then I did come up with a couple joke ones that have considerably less work put into them.
1: Uh, yeah, she might, might as well. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, the headless horseman. Okay. Just have a guy on a horse, but but he has no head. Has no head okay he's just dead already and then uh this is going to be a bit more you know kind of obscure maybe less maybe more or less obscure than some of the other stuff on this list but the villains from the movie troll 2
1: <laughs>
0: take the stats of a goblin
1: take <laughs> it right stats of a goblin
0: because the, the joke is that troll 2 has no trolls in it, it has right
1: it's nothing to do with trolls Trolls not, aren't nothing even to mentioned. do with
0: troll 1 even right <laughs> why Why? and then of course I guess David Pumpkins I'll throw him in there too David and Pumpkins. just give him whatever ability you want him to have
1: right of course because you know he's all powerful yep <laughs> any questions
0: <laughs> now we need to come up with what what could what abilities could have to do with questions
1: right yeah so like yeah he has he has the special <laughs> ability any questions any questions yeah. lets him do anything right it just it just confuses everybody yeah <laughs> you know for the rest of their lives because they're just trying to think of like who is David Pumpkins? What is he? What? What's with the skeletons? For anybody who's not familiar, <laughs> just go to
0: YouTube and type in David Pumpkins. Yeah,
1: I and like, watch it. Like I, I only last year learned about David Pumpkins. Yeah. yeah, same here. And I didn't realize that it was like I think from like 2014. I want to say something like that. It's it's it's, it's, pre- old. it's pretty it's old and it's popular.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean th- those are the ones we came up with. I think uh, I think those were were pretty neat. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Coming up with those, um, I guess if anybody out there has any that they've used or that they would, sure, you know, they can recommend. I'd love to hear them. I would love to hear other people's takes on yeah. uh, horror horror villains and and such in mm-hmm. in D anD. Um, I, I thought about bringing in like, uh, like like Universal Monster type stuff, but I mean, those are all pretty simpler. Simple. Uh, Wolfman is a werewolf. Yeah, that's Frankenstein's true. Frankenstein's a flesh golem. Yeah. Yeah, Dracula's a vampire. You yeah, know. there's
1: plenty of the where it's just a simple, re, it's just a simple reskin. You right. know. I also tried really hard not to look up other people's versions of these characters.
0: Right. Because like you know, I don't. I, I wanted to come up with them on my own. I didn't want to. Wanna...
1: but what would Dracula be?
0: What would maybe a Tarask? Okay. Obviously. Yeah, he eats people, right? Uh, something like that. I want to kill you with melee
1: damage. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula's famous catchphrase right yeah <laughs> I attack the darkness good shot
0: <laughs> alright well um, I think I'll do it for our, our regular uh, questions for today um, some some great horror ideas again if anybody out there has any of their own we'd love to hear them yeah for sure um, so we're, we're of course doing our social media questions a little different than we used to, which yeah. made this episode real confusing to get my notes together. You mean real spooky. Real spooky. Exactly. Uh, so last, the last social media question we did was how do you visualize the planes mm-hmm. in your home campaign? Okay. Uh, do you recall <laughs> if you had an answer, Jeff, Jeff's <laughs> laughing because somebody on, on Facebook had a picture that looks
1: kind of funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the responses, one of the responses. Is a picture. Yeah. Um I can't remember what I actually sided with. Like, I always like the idea of like a planets thing but then at the same time like I, I, it really depends on the campaign and i'm sure, sure plenty of people will probably state that but like you know if i want it to be more magic-y mm-hmm. i would feel like he yeah, has more like dimensions and things like that or yeah. you know you want it to be more like more with like a sci-fi twist to it you can have the planes are actual planets sure. the astral plane is space yeah and you know the you know the plane of fire is just like a, it's a it's a Basically, a really hot planet that's close to the sun, or something sure, like sure. that. You know that kind of uh, thing. There
0: was a uh, campaign setting called um, uh, Spelljammer, that, if I'm not mistaken, was exactly that. Right. You had ships that would travel through space. They called it like Phlogiston or something. Was like the 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 medium <laughs> through right. which you traveled to get from plane to plane. Okay. But you were like traveling from planet to planet on spaceships or yeah. whatever. But it was all magic instead of technology. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I personally, I haven't really run a lot of games like this, but I really like the idea of the planes being physical places on the same planet. Sure. Yeah. Like I love in Greek mythology, the gods live up there, over on that mountain. Right. That's yeah. where the gods live. Yeah. And like you could, you could travel to hell by just finding the cave entrance that mm-hmm. leads to hell. Yeah. I really like that idea, and I think that's a cool idea to use in D and D.
1: Yeah. That, that. Yeah. That's sort of like yeah the. The Greek mythology, you know, well, I mean, like, it's also like Egyptian and Roman. Well, yeah, most and, you you know. most mythologies did that. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, it was a physical place because, like, because they hadn't discovered the entire globe. So <laughs> right, they're like, right. oh, yeah, over there must be something crazy. That mountain's so tall, the gods must live up there. Exactly. So, yeah, I do like that, too. Like, I do like that. Like, the land of the dead is actually just beneath your feet. Like, mm-hmm. your spirit goes down just right up. Like, my my dead grandma is right over there. But, you know, <laughs> I just can't get to it because there's. Miles of earth between me and her. Yeah. Um. So we got uh, we got some
0: responses over on Facebook. Jeff was laughing at uh, er- <laughs> Eric M. said we currently run a multi dimensional campaign currently set in Eternia and we use a Wind Raider. We visualize it as such. So that is from <laughs> He Man. Right. And there is a picture of He Man flying around this goofy '80s cartoon looking ship.
1: Well, it made me laugh because like it was just like oh, it's a picture of a plane. Yeah. Like, he's, well, he's in a plane. I mean, that's not what... Yeah. But it's like... Oh, just you wait, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, get, little side thing. Yeah. I can't remember exact the exact details, but it was, like, elementary school, there was, like, we had to, like, draw a picture of, like, of like it was, like, a short story, and but each group got, like, a sentence in that story, like, a little passage in that story to draw a picture of yeah and then we put it together and make a picture book so each person like each group got its own page or whatever cool and there was something about like and they rode across the plains yeah and like i can't i feel like i was the smarter in this situation i want to give myself the credit (laughs) of knowing that that can't be what they meant sure but like the other i feel but we like the group ended up drawing a picture of an airplane with horses riding on it. <laughs> okay. I want to give myself the credit of like being like, I don't think this is what that is, but I was also the artist of like, I liked drawing when I was younger a lot. Yeah. So like I was definitely the one who drew it, but I don't remember if it was my idea to draw. If so we, you drew it under protest. I drew. I feel like I drew it under <laughs> protest. I, yeah. f- I want to give myself that credit. It was okay. a long time ago, so I don't remember. Sure, sure. But, uh, but anyway. <laughs> well,
0: so speaking of which, uh, Sean M. says, in the air. Okay. And then a plain emoji. And then, uh, <laughs> yep. and then uh, Jason says, they haven't been invented yet. We mostly still oh, use eagles and magic carpets. Stop. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> uh dustin f says i like to think of them as parallel dimensions back on topic i should (laughs) should point out (laughs) i like to think of them as parallel dimensions they all exist in the same quote-unquote space but at different frequencies sure closer frequencies allow or allow easier travel between plane shifting is adjusting your frequency to match where you want to go neat and i think that that's probably what the makers of the game intended for example um when you cast plane shift Use like a tuning fork. You use a tuning fork that is attuned to whatever plane you are shifting to. Sure. Which I always liked. I always liked the yeah. idea of that. That you do have a fork that it does have the right frequency or whatever. Yeah,
1: and I mean you could always flavor that as just like a, you just have a piece of it, just some some sure. sort of focus sure. to that plane. But yeah, the tuning fork thing is is pretty neat. I remember one time uh, Chris Ding was running
0: a game where I was going to be casting. We were on a different plane. I was trying to get us back to the material plane. Mm. And I said, uh, oh, shoot, Chris. I didn't ask this beforehand, but can my character own a, a tuning fork that is attuned to the material plane? Because my character knows plane shift. If he ever needed to get back home, it would be important for him to have this. And he was like, does your character own a fork? I was like, well, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, you have a fork. So he was saying, yeah, just any fork, anything that... Uh, is a fork could act as which makes sense i think it was it was he meant it more as like if it is material from the material plane it is on the right frequency so sure. like anything that you could just like hit it on something and it'll vibrate at the frequency. material plane frequency sure but, okay uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah uh so that was everybody on facebook mm-hmm. over on discord um so once again, the question was, how do you visualize the planes in your own campaign? Adam B says, with fear, so much fear. That is where the evil things live. <laughs> we got some weird, weird responses to this one. Um, Jason, again, we, he was on the the jokester on Facebook, uh-huh. replied with, I believe the planes are where rain in Spain falls mainly. But by <laughs> Jove, you'd be the real expert on that, Gabe. <laughs> Okay, okay. He's making a reference to I was Colonel Pickering and My Fair Lady in high school. Sure. So I had the plan- I had the song The Rain in Spain. It's actually The Rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. Oh uh, anyway, anyway. Oh. Uh-huh. Not to be pedantic <laughs> not to not to contribute to this joke. Right. <laughs> uh E. Thompson says, I prefer mine to not have flying aircrafts not powered by magic in my games. And yes, I understood the question. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, um, Jason actually did ask for a little bit of clarification on the question because um, you know it, I think it was very, very possibly difficult to, to understand. Sure. So I, I'm not I'm not faulting anybody for goofing around. Oh well, yeah, it. you no. know I you know
1: I, I invite it. It's, it's silly. I like it. Yeah.
0: But Jason did say uh, he liked uh, he liked how in Eberron they had the coterminus thing, and that's where in Eberron the planes are different dimensions but there are times they are moving like planets sure and there are times when some of them will be close closer to the material plane than others yeah so there are periods of time where like it's really easy to teleport to this one specific plane yeah or you might end up there accidentally right like a natural portal might yeah pop up because it is coterminous with the plane of fire yeah or
1: whatever. i like that a lot too because isn't that like the image of like the there's like they're like discs or they're like almost like lenses or something. Or am I thinking of that's just like the regular. I think that's just the regular one. I yeah. don't
0: remember if Eberron had a picture of what it looked like. Right. It might have. I don't know. Because,
1: yeah, I'm just imagining it's just like this, like, like really intricate, like clock looking thing where like these different the discs that are the planes will sometimes like overlap yeah. with each other. And then that's where we're like. That might be yeah i don't know but i don't know, I I don't like know. The, uh, but i still yeah it's, it's
0: a hard it's a hard concept <laughs> all right exactly um but uh well let me, let me read what jason actually said i loved the coterminous thing when certain planes where certain places or at certain times the planes interacted weirdly with the material plane sharing their properties so the classic example being sharn the big right metropolis tying to the plane of air and, and things floating there or at certain times the dead rise because of a connection to the plane of shadow Ooh, yeah. So yeah, like there are places in Eberron that are permanently like connected to other planes. Like yeah. Sharn, this big city is built vertically because it's connected to the plane of air. So air magic is a lot easier. It's a lot easier to make magic that keeps things aloft right? Yeah. and so on. Um, yeah, so Eberron did some some fun stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Stiltskin Koopo 84 says, I think the dividing line between the planes should be as gray and uncertain as possible. The more magic and the less science, the better. If you point to a portal and say, that's a portal to another plane, people have a chance to choose not to go there. If instead they are walking through a forest and suddenly they realize they're lost in the Feywild, it's more of a planar experience. As in, oh no, how do I get back? Yeah. Whereas if you put in a portal then it's really just a matter of getting through a dungeon to get to a door. Sure. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I like, no, I definitely I like agree that, with that too. But, like there's definitely like a, a place for all these different, you know, ways of imagining the planes. Yeah. I really like the the planescape
0: idea of portals in that um yeah, sometimes they just happen. I mean, it's it's planescape is mostly in and around Sigil where there are portals mm. everywhere. Yeah. But I like the idea that like you might just If you happen to walk through this archway while carrying a live fish, it will teleport you to the plane of water. Uh Nobody knows that because you're, you know, 500 miles from the nearest lake or whatever. So you, nobody has ever walked through that archway carrying a live fish. Yeah. So it's just never, you've just never realized it. So when something like that happens and you don't know what caused it, that can be really cool. I think that has a lot of potential. Uh Bill IVC says, I picture them like alternate dimensions of the material plane, some more similar to others, but all so close to breaking through. Sometimes energy will bleed into another or even be forced out into the open. Some magic uses these planes to manifest things, tapping through the thin mystical separation between each plane. And uh, John Gemstone says... I use two main formats depending on the setting. The first is the wheel because I love the thought of overlapping areas that the planes can bleed over one another. Mm -hmm. I think the wheel is the one that you were thinking of. Okay, yeah. Anyway, the second way is best described as a hallway with many doors leading to different planets. I don't know where this idea came from, but I love the idea of picking the wrong door and horrid creatures or a barren landscape greets the now-stranded travelers. Mm. Um, That kind of reminds me of there was a... Stephen King novel I read called The Tommy Knockers, which is about I think basically these aliens start like influencing these people in this small town. and they start like developing all this alien technology or something. but hmm. there's there's all this all these people start getting this knowledge that they don't know where it came from, and it lets them build things they don't know what will do. like they don't know what this invention is going to do. There's a point where, like this little kid is trying to, become a magician. So he like puts on like a magic show for like all of his friends and family. And he just gets the idea. Oh, I know how to make this thing. It'll help out with my magic thing. And then like he teleports a neighborhood kid to some weird, like hell dimension and, or outer space. Okay. And like, that's a horrifying idea to me. You just like opening the wrong door, not realizing what's going to be on the other side. And it is some sort of like, hellish landscape are just terrifying to me Hmm. so uh so that was everybody on discord just got a couple on reddit pruno says in my homebrew magical detroit game which (laughs) i think has come up on the podcast before yeah that sounds familiar uh the planes can be accessed through the renaissance center which is a (laughs) a building in downtown detroit right uh there are trains and factory workers could go to work in the fire plane ships had access to water essentially using the planes for work and resources there was even a unit of guards called planeswalkers that looked for rogue portals mostly used by criminals and smugglers Ooh. i like that idea where there's these portals the law enforcers are trying to stop people from using them and yeah. the criminals are trying to to use them right yeah you know? Um, Scottish Unicorn Clan says the planes in the game I'm currently running a low fantasy end of the medieval ages setting used to in the distant past be accessible through doors found at specific points around the game world however the locations to these spots have been long since forgotten and some have started to believe they never existed at all okay so if I had planned this out a little better I would have tried to have Halloween themed questions for today Uh, but I didn't but I really like all of the cool, like, plot hook stuff yeah. that is coming out in this. It's really, really cool, all the, the stuff people are mm-hmm. people are saying. And then uh, just got uh, one person on Twitter. That's Carl with a K. Well, Carl says, I'm probably too late for the episode. And actually, no Carl because of how we changed how we do this. <laughs> right. I imagine them as islands in the astral sea, but moving around each other like a solar system. Sometimes different planes are closer to each other and sometimes further. Also, different planetary systems all exist in the same astral sea, like the Magic the Gathering multiverse can be reached from, say, Feyrune, but they're farther away and require more time or power to reach them. I really like that, too. I love all of the different campaign settings being there is a way to get from one campaign setting to another. It's just very difficult and very, like, the knowledge to do so is very hidden.
1: And and yeah, why not? Like, you know especially if you're doing like where you're like kind of like handing off the DM sort of thing. yeah. Like one DM really likes this one campaign setting. The other likes the other one. So like there could be like a dimensional shift thing going on where you actually are ending up in a different, you know, dimension. Sure. Could go even further to where like some of the characters and events are similar, but you're in a different dimension. Like, you know, like the, so like, you know, there's like alternate versions of it, Yeah, stuff? exactly. So like something you did in the last adventure, even though it's in a different dimension, has a consequences uh, in the next adventure, even though okay. you ended up, you know, it's like I was in Faerun, but now we're in Eberron. But, we, you know, the, you know, the leader that was assassined in, you know, in, in Faerun, mm-hmm. there's also a, a, an assassined leader in, you know, Eberron that happened under similar circumstances sure, or something sure. like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting weak. Really, no, no, you I, I think that's, that's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, it's kind of interesting to look if you
0: look really closely at the different campaign settings, how they deal with planes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are kind of little hints left in some of them that are meant to hint at that, but they can't really say sure. exactly that. Yeah. I remember in Greyhawk and mm-hmm. the Greyhawk one of the grey it might have just been in the uh the Manual of the Planes, the third edition Manual of the Planes, which was set in Greyhawk. They taught there was like a, a little section in the back that talked about there's the ethereal plane mm-hmm. and then there's the Deep ethereal plane. Okay. Which is, it's, I never really understood exactly what the, it was the deep ethereal is like just like a different part, different area of the ethereal plane. But th- I feel like there was a section in there that hinted at being able to access other worlds not connected to the rest of the cosmology. Hmm. And I always took that to mean other campaign settings. Sure. So like when I, I, did a bunch of like personal campaign stuff with Ichi. I had like Ichi show up in different campaigns. Um that's in my mind how he did it. Because he was a planar traveler. And so I always thought in my head, well, he just managed to figure out which part of which plane he had to go to, to, you know, cross over from this setting to this other and so yeah. on and so on. So hmm. anyway. Um so yeah, that was uh that was everybody for that previous question. Thank you everybody for uh for answering that question. And then So we just cut out a few minutes of us being very confused because we were still getting used to how our change to the social media questions works. Yeah. So the (laughs) the question we will be answering responses to next week Uh is, have you ever run a Halloween or just explicitly horror-themed session?
1: If so, how did it go? Right. So have you ever, Jeff? (laughs) Yes, I did. I I have just been reminded of that. Yes. <laughs> so, um Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried I tried running a little uh Halloween adventure for you guys. I was a roll twenty thing and yeah. so had everybody roll stats for uh, a character given like you know, I gave like a short list of races you could pick from and they were all like monstrous races. Yeah. Or monster-like races, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
0: just non, 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 non-player's handbook races.
1: Exactly. So, like, you know, uh, cat folk or, or uh, t- it, Tabaxi, canku uh, lizard folk. Yeah, that stuff. Um, and then like had it played off as like, oh, they were just costumes that kids were wearing. You know, that sort of sure, thing. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I've yeah, done that. It was, was a
0: lot of fun. Um, I've done a couple, like mostly for like the library and stuff. I've mm. done, uh, um, little. Little goofy. I, I had like a zombie apocalypse hit them on this last one. Sure. And they had to go and stop this like artifact that was creating all of it. and The artifact was trapped inside a pumpkin or something. <laughs> and I don't know. Um. So yeah, I've 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 done it a couple times, and it's it's always fun. I love Halloween stuff, and mm-hmm. I love I love I've done horror themed stuff several times for sure. You know, yeah. Um, which you can listen to if you become <laughs> uh, a five dollar or higher patron. Right. So yeah, come check that out. I think that's one of the one of the best things that we've that we've put on the Patreon. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so in two episodes we will be reading <laughs> responses to that question. Yeah. Because when this episode goes out, you will have one week to answer it and then we will record yeah that episode. Yeah, so
1: we'll we'll get used to this. Sorry. <sighs> so confusing. Right, we we've just we've just done a, a specific way for so long that now and, we're like and, uh, it's so simple but I feel completely justified in doing it the way that we did it because
0: it is so confusing just to not do it that
1: right. way. Yeah, it's but we just want to make sure that like, you know, it's not like we want to make sure more people have a chance yeah, to answer. Yeah, I, I do want to make sure cuz yeah, like
0: Carl with a K on Twitter was able to Yeah, able to get his in because uh because of how we changed it up. Right. So So, um <laughs> yeah, so so check that out on social media. Um so that'll do it for questions for this week, but before we close out, uh let's let's unwind a little bit let's relax let's take a deep breath (sighs) as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre so today's funeral pyre story was submitted by uh lano 13 via reddit The apocalypse is upon us and it's the end of the world. (gasps) The remaining Garu have journeyed deep into the Umbra to free the worm from its bindings. They all fight a grand battle on the back of the metaphysical entity, ending with the Cairns Get of Fenris Alpha riding. (laughs) I don't know what any of these words are. Ending with the Cairns Get of Fenris Alpha riding the worm itself as it breaks free and obliterates everything
1: oh man oh so it's so everyone's dead i guess everyone's dead Yeah, as a funeral pile for existence yeah so i would say let's raise a glass but i
0: think we're dead too clink, clink? <laughs> oh no where are my glasses yeah <sighs> i dropped my glass they, i broke my glasses i can't read anymore oh <laughs> um all right. Well, that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. Join the discussion on social media. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, on Reddit at r slash interpartyconflict, on our Interparty Discord, or on Twitter at InPartyConflict for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you'd like to support the show, check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. There's a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it.
1: Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games, and you can also join us on our uh, stream at twitch.tv slash friendqueststream. There you go. Uh, we will be doing the uh, uh, charity... Extra Life? St- uh, yeah, the, the the charity stream for Extra Life, the 24-hour stream. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and do it. Okay. I mean, I barely made it last year. <laughs> sure. But we're going to try and do it. I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have Griff over. We're going to have a good time, and uh, Gabe's welcome to join us whenever he, if he... Gets, I'll I'll probably be working,
0: but if if I get off work and you're still sure. still doing it, sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, join us on the on the stream. Um and uh, you know, if if you can donate to Extra Life. So. Awesome, yeah. All
0: right. Um, and speaking of video games, check out my side project, the Arcade Memories Podcast. If you'd like to submit your own childhood memories of going to the arcade, record them or write them to me at arcade memories at gmail.com. And I actually just got new hosting for uh for that one. Mm-hmm. So it is no longer at soundcloud.com slash memories is at anchor.fm slash memories. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, submit your childhood memories to podcast at gmail.com. Also, head over to bit.ly slash InterpartyConflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games, courtesy of Mary and Tom over at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So Jeff until next time. Trick or treat. Here you go. Have some candy. No, oh,
1: thanks. Thanks, kid. Okay.